Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Lifestyle Business Podcast, where we believe starting a profitable business is the best way to achieve the lifestyle that you desire. Ian, you have been a ghost. Why have you not been on the microphone? What's going on over there? Man, I have been carving up the canyons. That's what I've been up to. <laughs> I uh, got off the hog a couple hours ago. Yeah, I had a good nice. friend in town. Yeah. Good friend in town, and uh, I'm a I'm a sport bike guy. I like to ride the sport bikes. Uh, I'm, I'm a like to go fast kind of guy, but um, had an opportunity to ride some Harleys. Um, and so, yeah, we rented some Harleys, rode around uh, San Diego. San Diego has some beautiful, beautiful roads, probably some of the best in Southern California. So we did some riding. We did some gambling. We stopped at some casinos. And gambling is not really my thing, man. I tell you what. Earning money is hard work, and just watching it float off that table, is, I'm, I'm really uncomfortable with it. Speaking of carving, old me and Sean Ogre are heading up to Subic Bay this weekend to take the 43-foot cigar boat out, on Formula Cigar Boat out on the, the bay and go carve it up. Really looking forward to that. You know, fun in the sun, tropical island kind of stuff. Our lifestyle business isn't quite in the cigar boat territory yet, but it sure is nice Man. to know some people's who are. <laughs> so... That's going to be fun. Today we've got some news items we're going to go over. At the end of the episode, we've got three software tips plus one piece of software that's, uh, from what I understand, changing your life or the way that you do business or you're having some kind of emotional epiphany over over there about this piece of software. And in This is huge. And in, this is really huge. In the key segment, uh, we're going to be answering a couple reader questions, but the main one uh, is from uh, listener Matt who wants to hear a little bit about how we manage our finances. And I think we're going to share how we do it. And you're going to get the sense that maybe we're not the most button-up guys on the planet and that we've got a little bit of learning to do. And that's why we're going to, we're going to put it out there real for everybody. So if, if you can help us out, which a lot of our listeners, they do, Ian. We've got, we get these emails from guys that are way smarter than us that say, hey, I can help you out. How about you check out this piece of software or how about you just take my advice here and you guys are going to be off to the races. So Yeah, it's totally cool. And we we say it all the time, please write in and and people do and it's amazing because they point out our flaws and 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 sometimes they give us a pat on the back which is which is cool, but pointing out our flaws is definitely much help more helpful for us. So awesome. Yeah. Keep it up. A couple things that are going on, the second semester of the Tropical MBA, the winner gets announced on Tuesday. Uh, this podcast goes live on Monday, so that's tomorrow. Uh, you know, there's going to be the second semester is going to get off and rolling. And just to give some perspective on that, this pool of applicants has been incredible. And I know I said this about the first semester, the level has is at an all new level. And it really gets me thinking about I've got this inbox full of like brilliant, passionate, talented people. What can I do with this? You know, and um, so I'm brainstorming with Sean Ogle about some things that maybe we could do with that group of people. It might involve some kind of mastermind or just some sort of community forum so that we can help each other grow, grow our businesses and our lifestyles. And so I'm really excited about the Tropical MBA. It's going to be sweet. And the other thing that's going on in my world is outsourced to the Philippines.com. I recently put up some virtual. A premium virtual team services there. So people that are, you know, mid-level entrepreneurs with good cash flow, they want to build an explosive organization here in the Philippines. We might be able to help you out with that. And so check that out at outsourcethephilippines.com. That blog is going to be pretty sweet. You know, I don't 
do any of the content there. It's all outsourced research and writers by my assistant who works right next to me, and, and she's way smarter than me. And um, so there's gonna she's be way blog- better looking too. It's true. So three blog posts a week there, plus uh, the Entrepreneur's Guide to Doing Business in the Philippines launches June 15th, and that's going to be on sale for the serious among you who want to build a serious virtual team that's cross-functional, or if you might want to decentralize your business. I've met a lot of you. I've talked to a lot of you, and uh, we all need this information, which isn't currently published, and so it's going to be published starting the 15th. So that's the news. Uh... Overload, or just fine? Let's get on to Matt's question. Let's do it. All right, Matt's question is, is, hey, Ian and Dan, I've listened to your podcasts, and you guys are the best-looking podcasters that are out there. Uh, One of the things you haven't touched on at the 10,000-foot level, which is, you know, that's like a single-prop plane level, is the finance and business management of the side of your business. I'd like to know if you outsource your bookkeeping or accounting to the Philippines. What country do you register your businesses in? Where do you pay taxes? And do you have any tips on how to minimize taxation? Uh, and Matt is an expat as well. And so maybe he's particularly interested in how having offices in different countries or locating yourself in different countries can be helpful. So first off, Matt, thanks. Uh, you know, Part of the reason I think we haven't talked so much about finances is that we we avoid <laughs> it's it's really tough for us to do finances and maybe we're not the best guys in the world at this stuff what do you think Ian well I think that we're kind of newbies but we're learning I mean one thing with finance uh, is that we we do get a lot of help on our on, on pulling together our financials and uh, I think it's important for every entrepreneur to kind of uh, have a really good understanding of how it works but you don't necessarily have to work it and so that's kind of where we are. Um, this, right. We've got some good help around us. And uh, so so firstly, also, everything that we're going to answer regarding these questions is hypothetical. And I think Absolutely. that's important to note. We are not any good at this stuff, admittedly. And also, we're not doing any of the stuff that we're saying. These are hypothetical individuals that look something like us. So uh, let's just get on to it, Ian. I'm interested. Can you just lay out your accounting system in terms of the software that you use and how you manage the workflow in terms of personnel. Okay, so um, first of all, uh, I think our the way that we handle our bookkeeping um, is not in the Philippines. It's actually here in the United States. Um, to tell you the truth, I knew uh, nothing about um, any of this finance stuff probably five years ago. Uh, my dad is a CPA, um, and admittedly, that helps up a lot. And my girlfriend is also a CPA, so that's where we get. This a lot is of but our help. this is a strategic thing for you, though, right? I mean, you don't really like your girlfriend, <laughs> but you're using that as a as a as a vehicle to grow your business. She your, she admitted sort of, to me yesterday that she doesn't listen to the podcast, so I guess I can be totally 100 percent honest about this. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I think you're, you're so you're, I mean, it's kind of, it's, you're being a scrappy entrepreneur. You're using your mojo in order to bring free employees into your business. And I think that's very smart. You know, it's a, it's a good yeah. thing. Actually, to tell you the truth, we pay both of them, but um, we don't pay them very much. And I, and the level of expertise that they provide to us is, is huge. So first, first piece of advice is, uh, is get yourself a friend that understands um, taxes. Um, maybe somebody that understands tax law. 
Um, we had a lot of help from uh, these two individuals setting up our business. Initially, Dan did a lot of legwork um, to figure out what we were going to be, um, which is actually turning out to be what we don't think we want to be. <laughs> yeah. So, sorry. Um, the well, way let's that focus, we let's back up for one second and just talk about the nuts and bolts. I mean, how do you process invoices and and how do you do it on a day to day basis? You, are you sending sure. emails out to your girlfriend every day saying pump this into the system, or how does that work? Yeah, it's a really complicated relationship. Um, <laughs> <laughs> well, so so a couple of the tools that we use, uh, we use QuickBooks to keep track of our um, our basic financials. Um, it, one of our businesses is an inventory business, um, so uh, works out well with that. Um, and we keep uh, spreadsheets, so we've got three or four different spreadsheets, you know, balance sheets and. Um, spreadsheets that help us uh, help us get through this. And in e- every month, basically, uh, for a long time, I went through and looked at every credit card charge um, and looked at uh, every piece of financial information that we had, and I put it into a spreadsheet. Uh, and then about every three to six months, we would go through and we would audit that um, with the CPA. Yeah, it's it's totally painful. So what I think you need to do as CEO or um, as somebody in charge of this stuff is just have a good understanding of how it works and then get the right people involved because you can burn up days worrying about this stuff. And, and what I really need to be concerned about is, is, is uh, CEO stuff in, in our business. So uh, I got us some good help. And so it's I think tough, that's important. you know, like we've had literally hours and hours and hours long conversations figuring out where money is and who's we're going to pay it to and how much the government gets and how much we get and, this stuff is many multiples more complicated, you know, when you have partnerships than than I would have suspected. And, and uh, here's the other thing, too, is that – and sorry, did I cut you off there? Yeah, it's cool, man. The other thing is that everybody makes it sound so easy uh, – and we're kind of getting ahead of ourselves here. But everybody makes it sound so easy to just go ahead and get an accountant. Well, in California, an accountant will cost you around fifty five dollars to $75,000. So – when you're building a business, when when you can barely afford to hire yourself or your first two employees, you're not thinking about hiring an accountant probably. You're thinking about who, who can I get on the ground running to help me get some sales. Um, so it's really difficult because an accountant is, is not probably your first or even your fifth hire. Um, but you, you need accountant or you need accounting help throughout the whole thing. So uh, I would advise getting somebody on part-time. That's what we One do. Of- one of the things, I mean, uh, just one quick thing to to Matt's point is we can do bookkeeping here in the Philippines, and I think what we need is a more solid process and so that we can outsource that, and that's something that we've been actively talking about. But right now, like Ian said, we are working with contract workers in the States, and, and they're, they can really speak to us 100%, and that's been pretty good so far. Um, you know, on that, that issue of taxes, um, to answer the question, which country did we register our business in? Well, we started uh, with a California LLC. And part of the reason, part of the appeal of LLCs is that there's no double taxation like in a corporation. And, and what that means is heavy bookkeeping in the short term. So if you go out and get yourself a corporation like a C-Corp or something, you have to file a lot more paperwork and you have to do a lot more accounting than in an LLC is relatively simple. But what we're finding, I mean, here's been my lesson is that it's not simple to run an LLC. It's not simple at all. It, you know, 
what's simple is the kind of structure on paper. And you, you look at the corporation reporting standards and you're like, oh my gosh, there's no way we want to do that. We just want to get moving with an LLC. And then all of a sudden, it's, it's the most difficult thing you've ever done anyway. This is a simplistic emotion or it's maybe a simplistic reading into this stuff. And I know that I'm not, haven't been in the thick of it the whole time. But my thought is, you know, we were seduced the way early in the game of going the LLC route because, man, this is going to be a lot simpler. We don't have to do all this extra paperwork. We don't have to get an accountant involved. And what ended up happening is once we started doing some real business and making some real money, the complication was there anyway. And so what ended up happening, in my view, is by having an LLC, we have a little bit less flexibility in terms of how we can move money around between the partners and between, you know, different business entities. And so I guess what the lesson that I learned would be is to really think about the scale that you intend to achieve and to not be shy about stepping up to that corporation level earlier in the game. So I think if I could have done it again, Ian, I would have suggested that we go with a corporation as opposed to the more simple LLC structure. Do you have an opinion about that? Yeah, I think I think there's a couple of things. I mean, not speaking specifically about our situation, but what I've learned, I think, uh, throughout our process so far is that everything is, is pretty changeable. And, and there's also a huge difference between bookkeepers, accountants, and uh, like people that understand tax law. You know, so there's a couple there's a couple different facets to to this, and I think one thing that's really important is if you have partners to to collectively sit down every every year and when you first start um, an organization and understand what everyone's personal goals are, um, because it it really the way that you structure the deal really uh, down the line you know tax time it's really going to make a difference. So um, I would suggest everybody sitting down together and collectively talking about business and personal goals because even your personal goals start to get um, kind of mashed up with this tax stuff. It's true. And part of it is, is that, th- like you said, there's so much flexibility that you really need to have a proactive agenda on how you want to handle your money and how you want to shape this stuff. And so I totally agree. That's a great point to have an open communication. And we certainly talk a lot about this stuff. I mean, just We've yacked for hours on the phone about how how we're going to work the stuff out and what I want and what you want. And you, you got to be able to have those kinds of tough conversations with your partners or else, you know, nothing's going to get done. Yeah, and, and, and protecting your money becomes really important once you start making money. I mean, that's something that I really didn't take seriously until probably this year. And uh, that's, that's when it comes to be tax time. I mean, you can find yourself in serious trouble uh, – you know, with uh, with people that want your money, like the IRS, if you're not setting up ways to protect that money, because it's when you have a business, you might see money in your bank account, but come tax time, that money could disappear. Can you talk about a couple of the ways that the hypothetical person that hypothetically looks like you might minimize some of your tax burden? Well, I think uh, one way that we're finding is that the Philippines can be a pretty good way uh, to minimize your tax burden. Um, you know, another way is, is obviously running expenses, uh, through the company. I think, uh, getting somebody, uh, smart on your side that understands how to do that properly is important, um, because, uh, you don't want to find yourself in a bad situation, but let's talk about, let's talk about the ways that, uh, we're finding that somebody could hypothetically do that through the Philippines. 
<laughs> can I back just backtrack just for one second about the difference between like the way you can handle profits in a corporation and in an LLC that's sort of emerging for us is that one of the things is that if you get to the end of the year in an LLC and it turns out that you made profits and you forgot to like spend that money somewhere, then you run into a problem with an LLC because basically like you have to do a distribution. So if Ian and I's company makes 10 bucks in an LLC and like we put that on our books, then that means that each of us earned $5. And that means that we earn $5 regardless of whether we like went and did something stupid with that money in our business or like bought a PO into the next year. You know what I mean? Like we could have bought like something from a factory in January the next year with that money instead of putting it in our bank accounts and we're still responsible for the taxes on it. And with a with a corporation, my understanding is that you have a little bit more flexibility on on re, on moving those profits around. And so it's not necessarily like that I need to earn that income as a, a shareholder in the LLC. True? Yes, that's true. There's a there's a lot of ways that you can move around money more freely in a corporation. And I think that's something that we're, like you pointed out, we're finding out. Because an LLC basically just flows uh, directly through the individual. So any profits a company makes as an LLC, it basically makes as, as partners. And of course, caveat beyond the hypothetical thing is we're talking about a California LLC, which is a very particular thing. A lot of our listeners are international. The, you know, what's the key advice here? I mean, the Philippines may be a little bit more relevant, but the key advice on the front end here is having like entrepreneurial, smart people in your network that know about this stuff is critical, is mission critical. It's it's totally critical and it's to, you totally can't operate without people that know what they're doing. I mean, it's I, I don't even think you can do enough research. Uh, if you're doing a good job running a company, like I'm not sure you can do a, enough research uh, to figure all this stuff out on your own. I mean, it's so critical that you get professionals involved. And with this. and it's it's very important in the way that you get them involved. So you get them involved on the front end to help advise you, but you're doing the right thing, Ian, by making sure that you look at every number. You can never ever outsource your money. You know, you can't let people manage your money for you. You need to know this shit. So you need to have them sit you down and walk them, walk you through every single number. Do not trust people with your money. That's the bottom line. That's that's right. And and when you don't understand, back them up and have them under, you know, explain it to you again. I mean, I'm the first guy to sit there in a in a in a meeting with with accountants and just flat out say I and totally lost. I don't understand what you're saying. I mean, it's definitely not the time to be cool <laughs> and act like you Absolutely. understand. <laughs> <laughs> I totally agree. I mean, that's really important point with personal finances too. You just can't outsource that management or understanding. That's the last thing that you would ever outsource on the planet. Outsource your bookkeeping, but don't outsource uh, you know, the management of your money, the actual trade, the actual handling. That's you. Hold on to that money, baby. All right, so let's talk a little bit about the Philippines. Here are some ways that having a second flag sort of operation can benefit you. So first off, in the Philippines, there's, hypothetically, there are tax incentives uh, for corporations that want to move here. So you can get set, you can start a Filipino corporation, which will be tax-free for five years in this country. So there you go. That's one thing. Second off, in Filipino corporations, as in much of Asia, 
you have a lot more flexibility in how you handle your profits, which means essentially you can move your money around before it gets put on your books. The third thing about setting up shop here is that the tax rates are just much, much lower. I mean, insanely lower. So, you know, I've met uh, the other weekend, I met a gentleman from Australia, listens to this podcast. Hello, sir, uh, Mr. Anonymous, who's hypothetically moving his business from Australia to here, here in the Philippines, and he's going to manage all his cash and all his assets in this country uh, because they're much more protected. In the sense, when you want to talk about security and protection, somebody that's demanding 40% of your profits, that's not a secure situation. And so by coming to the Philippines, um, you know, you're just subject to a lot less tax grab in general. The, the second thing about the Philippines is you can set up a, an entity here and bill another entity. So, and this is, this is pretty common for, you know, big organizations that they call it like managing their growth. So there's certain organizations that only want to have so much profits per country, you know? So they'll say like, look, we can't get any bigger here. We got to go, you know, to another, we got to go to Singapore or Philippines or a tax haven, some kind of place like that. Um, so the way that that would operate for a lifestyle entrepreneur or a smaller scale entrepreneur is you come here to the Philippines, you set up a, a corporation that provides services. In my case, I might hypothetically provide a web service. And I might make, as the business owner, I mean, Ian, I know your salary is laughable, right? You know, you make a an entry-level salary, right? Yes. As a lot of business owners do. I make an entry-level salary in the Philippines, which <laughs> means that I make no money. But there's a lot of professional expenses associated with, with my organization, and then I then turn invoice companies, like say your company, Ian, I could invoice your company for my services. That's correct. And then you would have to pay me, and that would be good for you, assuming those services are making you money, because that would minimize your profitability, and then I would then see that money over here, and then I would attempt to minimize the profitability here, so hypothetically. Right, so there's there's a couple of... There's a couple of um ways to do it. And and another thing, maybe to talk about this Philippines specifically and a lot of different other a lot of other Asian countries is that unlike the United States where the taxman knows where you live, he knows your phone number, he knows your girlfriend, they kind of have to come looking for you in the Philippines, is that right? Yeah, there's that element to it too. I mean, I think the important thing here is I've met millionaires who have spent 10 years of their life dodging the taxman. And most of them have the same message, which is, if I just would have paid the guy in the first place, uh, I could have spent my time growing my business and it would have been better. Um, so the important thing to see, we're saying all this hypothetical stuff to be cute, but really everything that we're doing is above the boards. I mean, building a service company in the Philippines that invoices your company in the U.S., that's legit, assuming they're providing legit services. So, and like multinational corporations do this kind of thing all the time. It's not it's not a gray area really. It's just taking advantage of the system. It's it's above the board minimization and you know, I would never advocate doing anything that's like outright shady or illegal and the reason is is that it puts too much stress on you and it's too much of a risk. It's not worth it. It's better to focus on your company. Let me mention one other quick thing before we get off this topic. Um 
there is this interesting rule for uh, American citizens, and it's it's it doesn't apply uh, to a lot of other uh, nationalities. But if you're an American and you're out of the country for essentially 11 months out of the year, your first 85 grand or something like that of earned income is tax-free. So uh, back up and say that again. I mean, essentially, that's a that's a huge benefit. I mean, that's huge. And so, especially, I mean, if you make 85 grand in the United States, you're getting taxed. I mean, what's your tax rate at that? Like, you're getting like 34%? Like 30, 33% or so? Yeah, I mean, I know people in Europe right now are just like, you assholes. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> but 33% raise is huge. And so, uh, that's another benefit of being overseas as an American citizen. So, I think... I think we can wrap it up. I mean, those are some of the basic things we're working with. We're getting a lot of great advice from the listeners on these topics. Um, As you can tell, we're working through these things on a daily basis. I think for me personally and for this business, the financial element to it is the one where we're least confident and we have the biggest learning curve. And, um, you know, because Ian and I have never managed a lot of money before. And so our basic uh, approach is to, try to get as many experts involved in our business as possible, uh, giving us, you know, good vision on how to, on how to proceed. And so that's kind of the reason that we decided to speak pretty hypothetically, honestly here today on the podcast in the hopes that, you know, if you guys are seeing holes, ways that we can uh, improve that you'll weigh in at some time. How do you think about that? I think it's good. All right. I liked it. I want to move on to uh, a couple software tips um, I've got three software tips I want to share, and then we're going to get on to the one that has changed your entire life. So, uh, wow, changed your life! Yeah. I can't believe it. My one is going to crush your three, by the way. Oh, and it, it doesn't even matter. It doesn't even matter if you if you even know or even want to use my one, because <laughs> even if just like three more people care about it, it's it's going to crush the world. Let's do the three minis first off. Um, call recorder for Mac and Pamela for PC, a very simple resource. These are programs that you can use to record Skype calls and record Skype video calls. And this is great because video marketing is becoming more important. Social networking is becoming more important to businesses. It's an easy and great way to create content for your business, reaching out to experts and interviewing them for your audience. And so if you're interested in doing that, Call Recorder is uh, $20 and Pamela is $30. And uh, they're great programs. I've used both of them, and uh, I recommend them. So those those are my first two. The second one I want to recommend is the MacBook Pro. So for a long time now, I've thought about switching to Mac, and, and I got a Dell a couple years ago, which is my baby, and now my, my developers use it. And I've taken that thing all across Southeast Asia on a motorcycle, and uh, I loved my Dell, but... For now, about a month, I've been using a MacBook Pro, and I gotta say that I can't imagine ever going back. And can, uh, can we talk about the financials again? The difference between <laughs> a, a MacBook Pro and a Dell Latitude is like the difference between driving a '98 Nissan Altima or like a 2010 530i. Can, can okay? we talk about the difference in price? <laughs> Let me tell you, I mean, it's it's about finish. And I've also, like, especially in terms of software finish, I believe if you value my time per hour over the course of a year or two, 
I'm way more than going to make my money back over simple things like software, driver incompatibilities, viruses. I spent actually a couple days down this year due to viruses, all kinds of stuff that is just non-issue on the MacBook. But on the higher end, I've been able to start doing video and audio editing as sort of a creative hobby. And I think for hobbyists, um, the Mac software is so critical. For me as a musician and as a creative person, the GarageBand um, and the iMovie are worth the price of admission alone. And then, of course, you've got... Yeah, you've been making some pretty cool movies. Yeah, if you guys want to see like my first video, I, I did like so, sort of a commercial for the Tropical MBA Semester 2, and that's at that blog. And it was such a cool creative experience. Like I'd never had the opportunity to edit movies in like an easy way before. I mean, I, I made that movie in like two hours, and I could make it now in like a half an hour. And I literally like took no training. I did nothing. Like I, It was so intuitive, the whole thing. And it was a whole new way to communicate. And actually, we're starting to do it for our businesses now. And so I'm making these commercials for our business that are really professional and really cool. And it's a really great way to communicate with our audience. And, and uh, it's really compelling. And I can make that now. I can do that easily. I can train others how to do that easily. It's really exciting. It's sort of added a new dimension to what, what's cap- what I'm capable of on, on, on computers. And, and so anyway, I'm a happy Mac user. Making the transition over to the new OS has been really simple. And in fact, I'm better and more efficient on Mac OS probably two days into it than I ever was on Windows. It's a lot more intuitive. It's a lot faster. So I don't know. I would, I'd like to say anybody that's out there that's on the edge. Here it comes. You will not regret going with this machine. I, you will not regret. And yes, it is very expensive. So that's that. So let's hear what you got. I'm interested to hear your uh, the big finale here. You've been building this up for about a half an hour. So what do you got? Well, uh, I have found the most amazing piece of software ever. And I don't just mean that jokingly. I mean that seriously. This is going to revolutionize our business this year. Okay, but in all seriousness, um, uh, uh, we have a product design company, and uh, we use SolidWorks. And anybody that does 3D solid modeling understands, uh, if you're not an engineer, if you're a product designer, um, that you need good rendering software. And rendering software basically um, takes your model and applies... um, materials to it and colors, um, shadows, whatnot. Uh, and so most of the time with these rendering programs inside of like SolidWorks, you have uh, PhotoWorks. Uh, PhotoWorks takes about, uh, depending on your machine, we've got some pretty fast machines, for a really quality, quality render, maybe about 30 minutes, right? 15 to 30 minutes. And so that's a huge amount of downtime um, when you're trying to make photorealistic um, presentations because not only do you have to render uh, the physical model uh, you've then got to put it into Photoshop uh, and make it look like it's there and all this stuff so anyways I have found the most compelling piece of software to render on the fly real time and it's called KeyShot and KeyShot is just amazing I mean you've seen some of these photos that it's making right Dan they look real they look real and so what this is going to do for us is allow us to do real-time marketing, real-time presentations. I mean, 
it's it's amazing the amount of time that we're going to save hours and hours a week uh, using Keyshot. And Keyshot was uh, previously Hypershot for all of you guys out there that actually care about this. And so <laughs> that is my tip. I am so excited about Keyshot. Uh, it's going to change my world. And if you're a product designer like I am, uh, it might change yours too. Cool. Well, anyway, Ian, thanks so much for joining us, sharing the tip, letting us know how you hypothetically reduce your taxes. And uh, we're going to start doing this on a weekly basis. Yeah. So. Next week, same bat time, same bat channel, yeah? We had some guy, um, I shouldn't just say some guy, we had a reader write into us, or a listener write into us, and he said he wants to see our faces. What do you think about that? <laughs> I think he, once he sees them, he's, he's, he's going he's gonna to beg for forgiveness and say, oh, I'm really sorry. <laughs> <laughs> That's basically what I think, too, so I think this audio thing is just great. All right, man, talk to you next week. Hey everybody, thanks for listening. Don't be shy. We've got a mailing list, lifestylebusinesspodcast.com. Go there, get yourself signed up, and we'll keep you up to date on everything.